Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. My name is John Schmelk. And of course, this podcast is brought to you by PSE&G, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. And before we get started today with Jonathan Vilma from Fox Sports, just a reminder, go check out the Draft Season podcast. We had a new episode come out on Tuesday. We break down Michigan-Ohio State prospects and go around college football a little bit, heading into conference championship and bowl season about some of the prospects that are rising up or falling down boards around college football. All right, now let's get to our guest. And now we welcome on our guest, the NFL on Fox, one of their analysts, Jonathan Vilma. He is the call with Kenny Albert this Sunday, Giants and Commanders of MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock. Jonathan, thanks for being with us here on the Giants Little Podcast, man. How are you? I'm doing great, John. How you doing? Uh, we're doing fantastic. A big, really important game. You know, this is December football. This is when things start counting. NFC playoff spot, you know, kind of on the line here. They play twice in three weeks. Should be a very impactful game on Sunday. Uh, really will be. I remember Sean Payton always used to say November gets you in position to get in position for December. And then December, <laughs> you make that run. Hopefully you win three out of four and, you know, you'll find yourself somewhere in the seating for the playoffs. So this will be a great matchup for both teams. Yeah. Jonathan mentioned Sean Payton. Obviously, he played for him when he was in New Orleans after he left the Jets. So, Jonathan, let, let's get into the game here a little bit. What have been your thoughts? I know you haven't called the Giants game yet this year. I'm sure you've watched the tape to to prep for this game. What is it about the Giants this year that you like that you think they've done well to get them in the position to your previous point to play for a, a playoff spot here in December? You know, they first and foremost have protected the football very well. Uh, really like the way that Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, the wide receivers, they protect the football and then the turnover margin because of that is good. And so that is always going to at least keep you in the game and you'll be somewhere within a score, whether you're up a score, down a score at the end. And uh, that leads to the second part of them finishing games. I know it's been a little tough the past three or four weeks, but early on in the season, you found the Giants in position to win and or close out a game and they were getting it done. So uh, in those one score games, the Giants have been very have done very well, really like seeing that. And I like seeing that they're practicing the fundamentals, uh, excuse me, fundamentals. And then they're really listening to what Brian Dable is preaching. Yeah. And look, they've run the ball, too. Right. That's how you keep these games close. You run the football, you don't turn it over and you're going to be in a lot of one score games. And the Giants, I believe, are seven and two in those in those one score games this year. 
but the running game hasn't been as successful the last month or so. And teams have stacked the box a little bit. What have you seen as, as to why the Giants rush game you think has slowed down a little bit over the last month? Well, the in the last month, what you have is one injury. So we can, we can start there. And you obviously never want to make excuses. Uh, but two, you also face some pretty good offenses. Dallas has a pretty good offense. So what happens is you can't run the ball, as you mentioned. Now you're into third and longs. You also don't have what is it, three of your start or projected starting four receivers. Yep. A couple guys go out early on, and then Wendell Robinson goes out against the Lions. So it's been hard to beat man coverage with the wide receivers. Uh, so that means Daniel Jones has to hold on to the ball a little longer. Then you have the sack. So with the run game, you know, you you want to make sure that when you have, you have your guys healthy, and then two, you're just going to have to commit to it. That means three straight runs sometimes just to keep the defense honest so that you can at least open up the passing game a little bit. Well, I think you're the perfect guy to ask this question to, given the fact that, you know, you played middle linebacker in the league for so long. If a defense – wants to just say going into a game, Jonathan, we're going to stop the run here and we're going to commit the numbers necessary to do it. Can a team do that? Or can you be good enough in the run game where even if the defense has that mindset, you can still run the football? Yeah, you can. Uh, it, the answer is the latter part of your question, that if you're really good at running the football, you can. But the mindset has to be similar to what the Tennessee Titans are, right? Where they run the ball in the first quarter for two yards and a cloud of dust. Nobody cares. They're like, this is great. And then third quarter comes and all of a sudden those two yard rushes turn into five, eight yard rushes because you have Derrick Henry. And so when you have the mindset from the offensive coaches to the offensive line, to the running back, to the quarterback, where you see two yards and no one says, oh, man, we didn't get, you know, a first down. They're saying, all right, that's fine. We know what's going to happen in the second half. So you can do that, but you have to be very, very committed. And then on top of that, you obviously have to play good defense, right? Because if the score gets out of whack, then the run game is moot. And so, you, you know, if you're going to do that, you have to make sure that everyone is on the same page. And that also means defensively playing complementary football. And then again, as a former linebacker, what are some of the things an offense can do to try to make sure defenses play more honest, right? To respect other things. What are the counters that you think the Giants can start throwing out there a little bit more to maybe lessen the box load a little bit when they're trying to get Barkley going? Well, they did it against the, the Dallas Cowboys in that Thanksgiving game. I love that they took a shot to Darius Slayton, you know, got down to the one-yard line. I love when they start taking these shots because that makes the defense, the secondary in particular, have to respect the passing game. Um, so that's always going to be something that's a great counter to people stacking the box where you say, you know what, fine, we'll load up the box, right? You'll have uh, jumbo personnel, two tight ends in the game, play action, and then start taking your shots. And then, you know, if you want to continue to stack the box, then you have the zone read that Daniel Jones does, the run pass option that you can do as well. Uh, but it goes back to my point about the wide receivers, they have to beat man. Right. If you're going to get man coverage, you're going to have a middle field safety. That usually means that the comebacks, the dig routes are going to be open for you. You just got to beat man coverage. And if you can't do it, then it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And I think that kind of brings us to Daniel Jones, right? There's an evaluation process going on this year. He's a free agent after the season, but the conditions around him this year have not been great. A lot of injuries on the offensive line. You mentioned that when you were talking about the run game, yep. the receiver issues, guys have trouble separating and getting open. 
what are your thoughts on how Jones has played this year and, and kind of where he's headed in his career? Uh, Jones has been very efficient. I like that he is taking the next step as far as protecting the football. Uh, he's he's also just throwing incompletions or, you know, unfortunately trying to scramble or take a sack as opposed to in prior years throwing the football and then getting an interception. So I do like that. Uh, what I would like to see more of is anticipation because you can throw a guy open, right? Drew Brees, I was fortunate to play with him at the New Orleans Saints, and there were times when a guy would be covered, but you put it low and away, right, where only the receiver can get it, and now it's a completion or, you know, an incompletion as opposed to putting it, trying to throw it in the middle, and then it becomes an interception or batted around or something like that. Uh, and then going back to anticipation, if you got a good feel for someone that's about to turn into their slant, their body language is telling you that the slant is coming, well, throw it then, right? Throw it then so that as soon as they turn, the ball is on them where it should be. And then now it's either a great catch completion or it's going to be incomplete because he dropped it. So, uh, you know, th that's the issue when wide receivers can't get separation. You're not afforded that luxury of being a little late on anticipating anticipating the throw. And I think that's where the issue comes for Daniel Jones. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Giant fans, go download Giants TV, the official Giants streaming app. It brings original video content, game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Jonathan, let's jump to the defensive side of the ball. What have you liked about the way Winks coordinated this thing? Injuries on defense, too, especially in the secondary. But they're holding their own, and they aren't giving up these big plays down the field. Yeah, I like the combination of what Wayne Martindale has done with the defensive line. Uh, always forcing one-on-one -on -one matchups for uh, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, did I say his name right? Thibodeau? Yeah, you got it. All right, good, good. I don't want to butcher his name there. Uh, and then I do like that uh, the secondary, no matter who's in, they've been coached very well on how they want to play man coverage. Uh, you know, sometimes you get corners that are young or new or inexperienced, and then they get a little scared and they get a little antsy. And they have to understand it's okay if a guy catches a pass on you for a first down. It's okay if they get, you know, one long game. You just got to understand you keep doing this over the course of the game and it's going to be good and positive for the defense. So I think that he's really instilled the right mindset for the secondary, understanding their role responsibility, and it's allowing for the defensive front to get after it.
Yeah, I want to get back to the front, but I think you made a great point on the secondary that not a lot of people have talked about, Jonathan. They play their technique properly. Like, you had a couple of plays last week when the Giants were in two-man, and they're playing the trail technique, and Darnay Holmes doesn't commit that defensive pass interference on C.D. Lamb, right? He gets the ball up in the air. Julian Love gets the pick, and it just seems like they're playing these coverages the right way. And we saw at Baltimore last year, right, when they had injuries in the secondary, and Joe Burrow had that six-touchdown game, and Jamar Chase is running all over the place. Look, the Giants were down to their third, fourth, and fifth corners last week against a pretty good Dallas offense, and they're not allowing those big plays. Obviously, you got to give the players credit, but a lot of that's got to be coaching, right, to make sure these guys are prepared and ready to go in and are playing those techniques the right way. Yeah, it's definitely a combination of both. I think they did a great job. Uh, coaching is execute or articulating what they want done, and then the players are executing it. And then also understand that Dak Prescott was making some very nice throws, very yeah. accurate throws. Uh, you know, I, I remember the one to Gallup. Uh, he kind of ran like a little dig route and then he put it high, up and high, only where Gallup could get it, right? And, you know, you just got to live with those, right? Those are just good passes. So uh, I think that they continue to play tight coverage. It's going to allow for the D-line to get more sacks. I know they haven't gotten sacks in the last couple of weeks, but it's coming. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the front. I really think they've gotten Dexter Lawrence isolated on these centers a lot. And off the snap, these guys don't have much of a chance here against a guy with that type of size, power, and athleticism. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence is really coming into his own. Uh, called, I call it two years ago, called a game two years ago. I thought he was good. Uh, he wasn't at this level. Um, and now watching him past couple games, you know, I think he's one of the best defensive tackles right now. Uh, playing at a very, very high level. He's shedding off the blocks. Uh, forget the sacks. I know he has five sacks, but it's really more important to see that he's going to start commanding a double team. Once you do that, you know, world's your oyster as far as now dictating what you want to run defensively. Yeah, and then throwing Kayvon Thibodeau, who I thought Jonathan had his best game of his career against Dallas last week. He never got a sack, but he not pressed that down a few times. I thought he was in the backfield consistently, and I think, you know, he's, starting to get that burst back after having that preseason knee injury. And he's looking like the guy that they drafted out of Oregon. Yeah. You can tell the explosiveness, the athleticism that Kayvon brings to the table. And uh, to your point, it's not always about sacks. As long as the quarterback can feel your presence, the quarterback then starts to mentally say, all right, I got to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Right. And that's what he's starting to do. You know, I, I just covered Joe Tryon Shoyinka over for the Bucks, and it was the same thing. He has maybe one or two sacks on the season, but he gets so much pressure on the quarterback. It, it you know, it's not going to show up in the stats, but it's equally impressive to see a guy continually getting in the backfield. And that's what Kayvon did against the, against the Cowboys and expect him to do that against the commanders. You know, just from a defensive player perspective, before we get to the matchup against the commanders, as a linebacker, how much do you like Wink's philosophy where he wants his defense to dictate the tempo of the game and he wants what the defense does and what he decides to to scheme up to dictate what the offense is going to do does that as a defensive player make you even more excited to go out there and play your best football it definitely does you love to uh, at least have the perception that you know the you're the last one holding the chalk right and right. Uh, Martindale wants to do that and he puts that and instills that into the mindset of the guys. So they go out and play accordingly. Uh, so definitely would like that. Definitely love that mentality. It's uh, obviously helped and they know how to close out games. So it, it's been good to see the defense 
uh, being more proactive as opposed to reactive, which has helped them. And now let's get to the matchup against the Commanders. Jonathan has the call. 1 o'clock MetLife Stadium on Fox. Make sure if you're not at the game, you check it out. But if you want to go to the game, there are still some tickets available. It's a legacy game. Jonathan, it's going to be throwback end zones from the 80s and 90s, the old school helmets that you watched growing up, the old uniforms, all that stuff. There'll be a pennant giveaway. So if you want to go to the game, go to Giants.com slash tickets to, to get your seat. And this matchup, Jonathan... This Washington front is special. Chase Young hasn't even played yet this year. They got three guys with six-plus sacks. Let's start with the tackles. Do you think this is the best defensive tackle combination in Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne in the NFL? Oh, I didn't I didn't uh, even think about that. I don't it's, know. It's close. Uh, yeah, it, it, they have to be. If they're not top three, then, you know, they're going to be top two. Yeah, the Eagles are pretty good too, right? With Hargrave and Cox, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that that that's who I was thinking. And, and off the top of my head, I can't think of a, a, a another duo that I would put there. So I definitely put them top two, top three right now. Uh, had I called their game uh, maybe like week two or week three of the season, and they were starting to come into their own. And now you can see that they they're really really good at working together. Yeah, and they have different skill sets, right? Payne's the powerful guy. And Allen, he's just – you isolate him on a guard, look out. They're going to have trouble blocking him. Yeah, Jonathan Allen reminds me of uh, Albert Hainsworth, the way wow. that he was really explosive, uh, big guy, powerful guy. And uh, especially in the pass game, you can run a lot of D-line stunts with them because they're so focused on him. You can now wrap Montez Sweat underneath or vice versa. Uh, they have a really, really good combination going. That's why they have so many sacks. You know, I think Sweat flies under the radar, right? They drafted Chase Young first overall. They have the big tackles. He quietly has seven sacks. Uh, off the top of my head, I think 18 quarterback hits, something like that. And, you know, he's not super bendy, but his length, strength, he plays the run well. He's just a really good all-around defensive end, isn't he? Yeah, he knows how to use his body. So to your point, he's not trying to do all these crazy spin moves and, you know, all this stuff that some other defensive ends can do. He's really good with using his leverage. He gets up underneath the offensive tackle. He long arms them. And then he kept he keeps pressing the pocket. And then, as you said uh, about the run game, he can convert from run to pass very, very quickly. And that transition is really what sets him apart. And then obviously, as we mentioned with the two defensive tackles, it's hard to slide the protection his way. So you're almost guaranteeing a one-on-one -on -one for him, a one-on-one -on -one for Allen, a one-on-one -on -one for Payne, or maybe a center goes back his way. So, you know, what, what are you going to do, right? It's kind of like pick your poison when you put all three of them to one side. It sounds like Chase Young's going to play. How much can you expect from him? How, like 15, 20 snaps maybe? What would be your expectation there? You know, honestly, no expectation. Uh, it's let's hope he just stays healthy, to be quite yeah. honest. Uh, you know, he's a tremendous athlete. He's a specimen. So uh, as when he gets out there, I'm really hoping uh, just to see him go out, not get hurt again, not re-aggravate that knee and see how it goes. Yeah, you mentioned that group in the pass rush. What can the Giants do against that group in the run game? They want to get upfield. So could there be some opportunities, maybe with some traps, something like that, where you can try to gash him as they run some of those stunts, maybe on second along, and you can catch him in some good spots to get Barkley going with some big plays in space? Yeah, you know, the trap, influence trap, you know, it can it can work, but it only works, you know, two times, maybe right. three times, and, you know, defensive linemen, they catch on. So 
I, I would sprinkle that in. Uh, what I would really do is start to really pound them with combo blocks, right? And and uh, make sure that Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, they're feeling the combo blocks first down, second down, third down sometimes if it's third and medium. And yeah, you may not get the first down that time, but you have to slow these guys down. And then you can also start to work the perimeter, right? Try to get these guys running laterally, try to tire them out. You know, I see a lot of teams do that with Aaron Donald, where they'll throw a lot of these now screens to the wide receivers, these little flip passes and stuff like that to the running back tight end, just to get him running laterally. Then you go right back at him, right? And so, you know, if Dabo can do a combination of that, and of course you got to convert on third down and keep the drive going, then you can start to tire them out. You tire them out, then you get right back to your base run game. Last thing on the Washington defense, what's been the difference with their secondary? Last year, I think they were last in the league in third down defense. You know, they were giving up a lot of easy throws, but they've been a lot better this year on their back end, haven't they? They really have, and I, I, I credit Jack Del Rio for keeping the defense simple. Uh, they don't do a lot of disguising. Uh, if they disguise, you know, it's kind of like a, at the snap of the football, they'll disguise their coverage or rotate back in and out of the coverage. And then, you know, the the guys they have back there, Cameron Curl, Derek Porras, yeah. they've just been really sound. Uh, they're, they're asked to do, or excuse me, they, they do what they're asked to do, and they're not trying to go above and beyond and get creative with a three coverage or with a quarters coverage. You know, they do their job, and because of that, you have the two corners that are playing well. They, they've been sound. It's been really good to see them improve from last year to this year on how they're working on their technique and executing the defense. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Very quickly on their offense, I appreciate all the time, Jonathan. Awesome stuff. What is it about Taylor Heineke that makes it work? You look at the numbers, eh, fine. You know, he has some throws around the game. Eh, okay, okay, great. But he just seems to have something going here where he makes the plays at the right time. He's got a little bit of moxie to him. What is it about Heineke that has allowed him to lead Washington on this winning streak? He doesn't take all the negative plays, and in particular the sacks. When you eliminate all these sacks and you put – continually put your offense behind the chains, first in long, second in long, third in long. It makes for a very, very tough game. Tough to call the game, tough defensively because of field position. It's just hard. And what he's done is really cut down on the sacks, either throwing the ball away or, uh, uh, yeah, frankly, just throwing the ball away, just getting it out quicker. Yeah. That's, that's really what he's been doing. So because of that, you can stay in, even if you're not ahead of the chains, Third and seven is a lot better than third and 17, right? Second and nine is a lot better than second and 19. And this is what he's done, which has made the game flow better for the commanders offensively and defensively, because as I said, third and seven is a lot better than third and 17. Those 10 yards of field position, that's huge, especially when you have a really good defense. Yeah, and to your point, you know, you made this point with the Giants talking about committing to the run game. Washington's cool with three yards of carry. Like, they're not busting big runs, right? Not Brian Robinson for three, Antonio Gibson for two, and then you're in third and five. They seem to be fine just staying on schedule. 
Yeah, I look at a lot of the offenses now around the league. If you don't have this, you know, bona fide uh, Dak Scott type of quarterback, uh, and, you know, even Aaron Rodgers and Brady have struggled. They need the run game as well. Most of the offenses, they're okay with now three yards, three yards, get in medium, third in medium, and then, you know, convert the first down. And because of that, you give these running backs enough touches. At some point in the game, they're athletic enough where they're going to pop one, right? And they're going to pop it for 10, 15, if you're lucky, 25, 30 yards, right? And it's the same thing with Saquon. You give him enough touches, and at one, at some point, he's going to pop one. Uh, going back to uh, the game I called, Cleveland – gave the ball to Nick Chubb, I forget, 21, 23 times, whatever it was. The point is that on one of those touches, he broke for 25 yards. Now that completely changes the complexion of the game. So when you get these offenses now, and really it's the offensive line, the wide receivers, all comfortable with, okay, we're going to run the ball a lot. And okay, it's not going to work every time, but at some point it will work. And then that's going to change the game. It, it does wonders for your team. Did you have a chance to talk to Brian Robinson when you did the game? He just seems like a wonderful kid, and, and just what a great story coming back from that from that uh, incident, I guess I'll call it, in, in the offseason. Yeah, I haven't talked to him yet. Uh, we will probably talk to him before the game on the field. Uh, but as you said, if there is ever a question about his toughness, oh. I mean, look, look what he just went through, right? So that tells you all you need to know about the running back and how he plays the game that way, right? Mentally tough, physically tough. And uh, I can see why they wanted him to be the starter over Antonio Gibson. He has a different presence about him when he's the running back and they're, they're kind of moving and flowing. You can see why he was, he should have been the starter back then. Finally, Terry McLaurin. I feel like if this guy was in an offense like the bills or the Vikings, even he'd be talked about probably in the same conversation as, you know, the Diggs's, the Jefferson's. I mean, this hard to find something he doesn't do well, What's the biggest challenge the Giants will have in slowing him down? Well, the biggest challenge is he can beat man coverage all day long. And uh, he he's a special talent in that regard. Very savvy, understands how to go against a, a defender's leverage. So I, I don't know if the when you say what's the biggest challenge is really going to be the defensive line getting to Heineke before he can throw it to Terry because I've seen Terry beat man coverage on all corners, and it's not like the corners are bad. It's just that he's a really good wide receiver. Jonathan, thank you so much for the time. This was fantastic. We'll see you at the stadium on Sunday, man. Have a great broadcast. Thanks, John. See you then. That's former NFL linebacker and, of course, broadcaster for the NFL on Fox, Jonathan Vilma. He is the call. Giants and Commanders at MetLife Stadium, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Make sure you go check out that broadcast if you're not at the game and you don't want to listen to our radio broadcast, of course, on WFAN. For Jonathan Vilma, I'm John Schmelk. The John Soto Podcast is brought to you by PSE&G. Energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. Thanks for being with us. Make sure you check out our podcast coming out on Friday, our preview podcast, uh, Darnie Holmes one-on-one, Brian Dave and a Commander's Preview. We'll see you then. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. 
Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.